This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 398 for Friday, April 2nd, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. It has been a while, but Megan Townsend is back. You can find her at Townsend on all the social media that matters, as well as Townsend on Twitch. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it has... Uh, all of a sudden, it's it's spring. It's April. Uh, my birthday is this month. Yeah. Uh, our birthday is this month, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where March went. I just, I really don't. Uh, I don't either. It's been a few weeks. We only, um, to kind of rip the curtain back a little bit, we only published a couple of podcasts in, in, uh, in March. Uh, I've just been really busy with client work, uh, as well as something else I'll talk about on the show in a little bit. Um, that was just kind of like punching in and just eating up time. And it was tricky to try and wrangle people. I think March is also like, it's tax time for folks. Like everybody just has a lot mm-hmm. to do. I find in March, uh, anybody that has kids has to deal with spring break, you know, uh, where no yeah. one is going anywhere. <laughs> so everybody's at home. I, I think things get a little bit hectic. So, um, so yeah, we were a little bit low on the episode numbers in, in, uh, in March, but we should be back to normal speed, I think, in April. Um, I've been busy. There's been a lot of streaming and some client work for art, yeah. which I reminded myself that I can still draw, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. I I've been. I mean, I've obviously I've identify as an artist, you know, illustrator, designer. I always have. It's been 20 years of you know work in the industry, but I mean, I'm freelance. And so as a freelancer, you have to spin a lot of plates. And over the last two and a half years, the podcasting plate has really risen as a main pillar of the things that I do at home that earn me a living. And I always, and you know, ever since I started the Citadel Cafe and I knew it was going to stick around, I'd sign emails, you know, like um, cartoonist, illustrator, podcaster, just kind of like fun little string of words telling people what I did and, you know, other stuff like that. And uh, now with streaming, which has begun to dominate the conversation here on the Citadel Cafe quite a bit because like you stream, I stream, uh, I know Steven streams. Uh, mm-hmm. I, even though I, Lou doesn't stream himself, I believe he watches some streamers. Like there's, there's, it's enough of a conversation that it does come up quite a bit. And even that I think has now um, gone from, you know, something that is a weekend hobby and fun and an excuse to play Minecraft or whatever um, yeah. it's also become a, a source of income as well. And so you start to treat that more professionally. And all of a sudden it's just like, I, you know, it's not 30%, but art and design while still a big part of my, my life and income is a much smaller chunk than it used to be. Yeah. And so I don't do it as often because when I start running the gamut of like the podcasting days, the admin days to manage the podcasting days, I'm really only left with like two, two and a half days a week that I can be in the studio drawing. It's not a lot. So No, it's not. It really yeah. isn't. Yeah. So it, it's, especially when you're slow and I'm not a fast artist, I can get what I want, but it does not happen in a blink. I don't have a very loose gestural style. My stuff tends to be very tight. And so right. I'm realizing, you know, uh, some of the mistakes that I've made and had to adjust. Like I'm still quoting timelines like I have a lot of art studio time. And you're just like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can do that. I can do that in a month. And it's like, oh, no, wait, that's not that's not four weeks of work. That's like a week and a half <laughs> because that's the time that I have available. And so I have to be careful and more balanced now which is i mean it's a good lesson to learn i mean everything's fine like nothing nothing bad happened but it's just one of those things that i kind of like realize oh wow looks like i have to put in some late hours this week because uh, i misunderstood you know i forget that i've got these other commitments not that i forget i'm just so Mm -hmm. used to having to say yes to everything you know when you're a freelance artist you tend to say like yes i will do the thing 
and then you're like crap do i have time to do the thing um so yeah it's it's one of those feast or famine sort of situations uh, early on and that's no longer the case so it's it's a good problem to have and i mean thanks to everybody that's been writing and asking about commissions and stuff it's again it's been this nice balance of the more success the podcasts have the the bigger reach they have in terms of ear holes and then there's a higher probability of some going oh huh joel's an artist i wonder if he might want to do you know xyz and so it's been this really cool like circle of of marketing and 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 communication which has been is great i've just been like i said march just disappeared march just disappeared. oh my god it was I mean, I, so I, my whole month was not really spent doing something super happy and I've, I've put it up online, so it's not really a secret, but, um, uh, my grandmother passed away at the end of February and I had to help my mom basically clean out her entire apartment. So majority of March was just spent cleaning and moving and, um, you know, moving stuff to my parents' place and moving stuff into a storage facility. And it's just kind of been a little bit hectic. So by the time the month ended, I was like, oof, okay, I can breathe now. And then um, I just got a new job, so I'm going to be jumping right into that right afterwards, and that's going to be a whirlwind of, in and of itself. So I just don't know. I don't know if time's going to exist in a normal way that it does for a lot of people. I feel like I'm just going to, like, disappear for a little while. I don't want to have to do that, but I feel like I'm just going to have to just to manage myself a little bit better. But, um, uh, but I feel, yeah, March just, like, blipped by. In, in nothing. I don't remember half of the month. I, I don't even remember the majority of the month of March. Yeah. Um, when yeah, when life gets it was, busy, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's sometimes it's sometimes it's almost healthy to just put your head down, put your horns forward and just charge yeah. through it, right? Um, yeah. And I, I know I've mentioned this to you before in, in the pre-show, of course, but I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother passing. Oh, no, it's okay. Thank you very much. It was, um, you know, the if it had to happen, it happened in the best way possible. So right. um, it was very peaceful. So there, that's, all, that's all we care about. Sometimes there is a bright side to that kind of stuff, especially as people are yeah. getting older. I, I had a, uh, a an amusing text from my mother because I, again, having a very busy month, tended to turtle in. And there were some important people in my life that I was obviously talking to daily. But then I my parents are busier now than they were before they retired. So I don't mm-hmm. they've got stuff on the go. And then I got this text from my mom and it was just like, hey, so you're going to have to message me once in a while so I don't forget who you are. <laughs> my mom says that too my mom like, says that all the time oh, oh my god gosh. there like, was a, t- right, a period yeah. of time there was a period of time when i was just super busy with work and stuff and just again turtling in i was just like i just I'm, i've been spending all day talking to people i don't want to have to talk to anyone anymore and so she sent me a message and she was just like you know i don't know who are you again? <laughs> just, I haven't talked to you in a month. And I'm just like, I know, I know. So now I'm trying to do a, a much better about actually yeah. calling my mom pretty frequently. I told her, I'm like, you're going to get calls at random hours. Because last night I called her at like 945. And she was like, do you know what time it is? And I'm just like, yep. Well, I was going to call you earlier. And I figured it was better to call you late than never. And she was like, that's fair. That, honestly, yes, that's probably that's probably yeah. good too. Nine, 945 for me is that's like an after dinner drink. I ate dinner last night at 9 p.m. Like, I, you know, yeah. I just, it's it's so funny. Mom will call me at like five thirty. Like I'm not interrupting your dinner. Am I? It's like no, I don't eat until eight. What? How are you not yeah. eating right now? <laughs> like oh, yeah. dinner's long over. What? It's five thirty. <laughs> I know stuff like that is I always know. really funny. Colin eats super early too. Like Colin will eat dinner at like five thirty or something, and I'm just like I'm not even hungry until like eight or seven thirty. Sometimes I've been getting hungry a little earlier, yeah. but um, I haven't had much of an appetite lately. I, I started a new medication, and it's like completely cut my appetite in half. I have like a bagel in the morning or like a, a some kind of like like eggs or something, and then I'm not hungry again until like six p.m. It's kind of crazy, um, but I'm trying to like work out a lot more so i'm trying to force myself to eat more so i'm actually like getting a decent amount of protein and like actual fuel mm. to, to do workouts and it's so hard <laughs> it's, it's a lot so of work. difficult it's i can't like eating is hard work yep oh, i wouldn't it's have one... said that before but like no, oh my god it's one of the things that i you got used to i mean years ago when i was very heavy into training when i was in my 20s uh even at university in my late teens early 20s and especially on a student budget, like trying to buy healthy food and enough food for me to lift five times a week. Like, oh man, Mm -hmm. it was. And then meal planning and trying to figure out like how many snacks I had to bring with me to school because I couldn't get home between classes. You know, like that, it was just 
monstrous. And um, even now, it's funny that you mentioned that you've been working out because I'm back um, now that the weather is clear, it's not slushy and icy and stuff. I've been back out, you know, working out and uh, I, I got my ass handed to me by my first spring training cross training session the other day. I mean, really? felt felt good the day after sore sore in the good way you know like calves were sore and i, I stretched like a crazy yeah. person you know, like i'm not i don't go work out and then just say well that was fun and then just you know feel the pain the next day i do all the proper stretching and whatnot but mm-hmm. um it's just like you know i haven't done much since april no it's not, it's not since april i haven't done much since um christmas uh i um I work out at home, but with COVID, I don't have access to the gym. I mean, I could if I wanted to. I just don't feel comfortable. Um, plus, right now, you still have to book your gym times. And I, I I, like the freedom to just like, oh, I have a window of three hours. Let's go to the gym. You're like, I just, I prefer that kind of a go. Um, I need to get past that, though, because I, I do need to get back into to proper training. But the, the two <laughs> things that I noticed uh, after being hit by a truck <laughs> of my first workout... Uh, it's like I had a headache, like it was, it was not fun, but talk about hungry the next day. Holy crap. Oh man. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm working from home. I have the ability to make a decent breakfast, a decent lunch, and then a decent dinner. But very often my lunches are quick. It's like coffee, peanut butter sandwich, you know, maybe tuna, like nothing crazy. I found myself yeah. uh, cooking like pasta <laughs> at lunchtime the next yeah. day because I was starving. Yeah. Even though I had, like you said, a bagel first thing in the morning with some eggs, bacon, coffee, you know. Um, but yeah. I, I find too, and I don't know about, about you in terms of wh- whether you find this at, at home, but for me, um, I don't eat lunch at noon. Whereas when I was working outside the uh, the the house at uh, like an animation studio, lunchtime generally had to be around twelve to to one ish. Um, yeah, you you really couldn't go too far outside of that because basically the idea was like there was a supervisor somewhere, whether it's an animation supervisor or my bosses were the owners of the company. I was the production manager, and they're only there from like ten to six, and so you should really take your lunch whenever they take theirs. One, it's a good networking opportunity but two then you're just not having these three hours of the day where half the crew is not there and you, you need to meet with them and stuff and so yeah i also had to be to work for nine which means i had to eat breakfast at seven so by noontime i was pretty hungry but here yeah. full time from home i eat breakfast at eight or nine i don't eat lunch until two maybe three so eating at eight is really not that much of a stretch because my lunch was only you know three o'clock or it was done by three. right uh, so I find that that's, uh, that's a, a, a good way to roll. However, though, the days that I work out, I, I tend to eat at like six 30 or seven. Like I don't make it until late evening in the, in the morning or, or sorry, no oh, dinner evening, like di- dinner time. Like I, right. I'll have a lunch. I'll have lunch immediately after the workout. Like if the workout happens at noon, by the time I'm sitting down to lunch, it's probably two, but then dinner is like, I'm hungry. I can feel my stomach grumbling at like six 30. Mm. It's just like, okay, I should, yeah. have, I should have started cooking about a half an hour ago <laughs> before this started. Yeah. <laughs> See, my job was always like, um, it was shift work. So I, I was never given the same consistent schedule every day. So meal times have kind of, I've gotten really used to meal times being really haphazard. Um, mm. so like, you know, like there are some days where I wouldn't, I'd be working five hours and wouldn't get a full lunch. So I just get a, like a 15 minute break and then mm-hmm. eat before or after. Um, but just, yeah, with this new, these new medications that I'm on, it's just like, I just don't have an appetite. So like, I'll, I'll try and like, you know, have something that's super high protein and then I'll, I'll, you know, do some weights or something, um, go for a walk. And then, um, I, I'm still not hungry later, like after the fact or even the next day. So I just feel like wobbly or wiggly i guess for yeah. lack of a better mm-hmm. word and i'm just like i need to eat something but like Lightheaded. i am not hungry i'm not hungry so i just spend a lot of time drinking water and then i get a headache and then it's 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 this i'm trying to find this this balance and do you like and or have any allergies to potatoes no no uh really good remedy for the wobbles is yeah. uh, either half or a whole baked potato Okay, interesting. Yep. Good to know. Yeah, it's basically like you not don't have enough carbs. Your brain needs a base level, you know, <laughs> to just function right. and communicate with right. everything. And and I found, I remember when I was training for competitions and stuff, because you have to diet and get your body fat down so low and you're restricting all these things, mm-hmm. like all the usual things like bread and pasta and all that kind of stuff is basically not happening. And I started to yeah. feel really kind of out of it. And my, wasn't a trainer, but someone that was helping me through this first experience was just like, you go eat a baked potato 
or ha start with half of one, see how you feel. And if you still need more then have the other one, other half a couple hours later, but she go, she said like it, it'll do wonders. You'd be surprised. And I was like, okay. And she was right. It really, it really helped clarify things. Like, like do, do you put um, anything on it? Like butter or anything? Well, or I mean, at the plain? time I didn't, but you could, if you're not on any, if you're not, if you don't have a really strict eating regimen, like, I mean, gosh, who wants no. a, who wants a, who in the regular run of a day wants a baked potato without salt, pepper and, and butter on it? I don't. Um, it's true. It's you know, true. Uh, I mean, I, I really enjoy, it's a lot of work if you're only going to have one, but like I, I'll chop up um, probably four potatoes and I'll do roasted potatoes in the oven with like paprika and olive oil. And that, that comes yeah. out really good. And again, it's, good. it's, it's, you know, a little bit of olive oil. It's really low fat. It's just, it's just nice, crispy. It's basically like making homemade French fries and they're way better. Um, mm. but, uh, but a big, like just a general baked potato is, is, is a good way to go. Um, cause I, I find, um, if I don't think too far ahead and I end up like having pressed for time or hungry and lazy, and I just end up having like a second bagel at lunchtime or something or, or too much bread during the day, I just, I tend to feel lethargic because it yeah. just gets turned into sugar so fast. You have that crash, mm -hmm. whereas potatoes are a denser, longer burn, um, I've, that one of my favorite things about working from home, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I promise we'll move on from food because we're probably making everyone just famished right now. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoy hot lunches. Now it's a little bit more in the wintertime. I don't tend to do hot lunches in summer because my apartment's really warm. But during the wintertime, it's so nice to have like baked beans or be able to cook like chicken wraps or barbecue hamburgers. Like having a hot lunch that's like really decent protein and and or even having like the time to make like roasted potatoes at lunchtime is fantastic. It makes a huge difference with me being able to focus on my afternoon work. Because um, mm. that's, I find my routine at home tends to be Nine to twelve has like a lot of admin stuff, specifically on Tuesday, but uh, or like today uh, or Mondays, it's it's like a, a podcast recording, right? And then I right. have lunch or I work out, and then the big push, the big window of getting a lot of stuff done is from about two to six. That's when I get like I just have a list and I just power through the list as much as I can, uh, whether that's sitting down to draw, whether that's you know um, publishing a podcast, whatever it is, I just gonna hammer through it there, and the. Uh, the hard part there is if I don't have a substantial lunch at like 4.30, I can't focus. Like I'm just like mm -hmm. useless. I might as well. I'm, and I'm thinking about the kitchen. Like I just, I need to have a decent lunch and working from home. Uh, I, I do not miss the days like you mentioned about having uh, a shortish shift at a job where you don't get a proper lunch break. Like you've only got 15 minutes, which isn't long enough to even think about a break, let alone actually take yeah. one. And so yeah. you have to eat before and after, which means you're eating dinner at like 11 p.m. or like something really wonky. It's a yeah. terrible way to live. It's not. It's uh, not it's not great. It's not great. I mean, I'm fortunate that the the new job is going to be, uh, well, it's it's set work, so like they feed you. Mm -hmm. um, you basically have like a craft table available to you all the time, and um, you know you're you're based because it's union based. Um, you know, they have to give you like hot meals certain times a day and at that, you know, within certain hours of each other. So um, I like that I don't have to worry about food or like where I'm going to be eating. Um, and I don't have to like worry about packing anything because it's just going to be there. So that's going to be a nice change. But um, but yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those things again where it's like, oh, don't know when you're going to get a chance to eat yet because it's so busy. But I'm kind of just used to operating that way anyway. Um, but at least I know that I'm going to be able to have access to food kind of whenever if it wanted to. So ho like hopefully that there's, you know, good um, healthy options like you know, vegetables and yeah. Whatever. Oh, there usually is. And that, it's that, it's, going, that so. kind of stuff I always take advantage of because having that kind of a spread for vegetables and healthy stuff on your own at home is expensive. Uh, it's mm -hmm. hard to get through it before it all goes bad. So when it's at a part yeah. of like a buffet or craft table or whatever like that, I'm always just like, Oh yes, all the veggies, all the veggies, all the time, all the veggies, all the veggies all the time. Yep. Well, speaking of scheduling, uh, one of the things that happened a lot for me in March was a big shift in my uh, stream scheduling because uh, Satisfactory Update 4, which I had mentioned on the show several weeks ago now, launched in the experimental branch of the game on March 16th. I did a stream that day. Uh, we watched the trailer together. We uh, went into the game and tried to push through to some of the new content. It was a little bit farther away than I had thought. 
So um, it didn't quite go, that first day didn't quite go as planned. But since then, I've been doing some regular satisfactory streams, um, which people have been enjoying, which has been really cool. Some new people to this content, new people to the streaming channel. And uh, I'm really enjoying it so far from a content perspective, because what I did was I have this big world that I, I have in the early access version of the game, which is the stable release. Experimental mm -hmm. um, will roll into early access, I believe, in a couple of weeks. And April 13th is the date that Coffee Stain Studios is giving for when they're going to move it over. I feel like I'm probably going to roll into my old save and go from there because I'm much farther along in the tech tree. Um, and I've got things like trains and other things set up. Um, it's still not the best, but we have a lot more flexibility there. Uh, in this current playthrough, though, I've been able to... Uh, have the hindsight of the bottlenecks I ran into in, in the other playthrough. Whereas I got up high and built a large platform. And I'm talking football fields of space, which is something that you need <laughs> in Satisfactory. If you're going to build in Satisfactory, if you're new to the game, figure out how much you how much space you need for the machines that you need to um, to build your factory for that particular part and triple it. You will not regret it. Uh, it feels okay. like a giant waste of space, especially when you're used to playing Minecraft, but it just, it's, it's essential to keep things organized and, and have things look the way that you want and not run into a lot of problems down the line. So I've been doing that on this new playthrough. I've been trying to exercise my brain and say, okay, it doesn't matter. This is going to be huge and spread out. You're going to be okay with it later. And I'm really enjoying the process so far. It's even just kind of cathartic to look out. Uh, in this giant platform and be just like, I could build anywhere I want. Like it's, it took a lot of work to get it here, <laughs> but like I can do whatever I want. Whereas uh, in the Northern forest in the other playthrough, which is another starting zone, it's, it's higher content. You have more minerals and more things to build with, but there's trees mm. and valleys and like you just, your, your space is just so cramped and you're always trying to do this jigsaw puzzle of how do I fit all this stuff into this small space? And so, right. With this, the grasslands area that I'm in now, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I have to say, like the new content that they released, because uh, we were speculating before, but we know now now know that there's like a power storage system. Power works completely differently, so you're you're powering 100% uh, of of your facility. You're not just um, the power previously would work in a way that a coal generator would generate as much power as was being drawn from it, which is not how power works in real life. And so they've, mm. re they've revamped that. So now the coal generator puts out 75 megawatts, no matter what, whether you're using it or not. And so then they've added okay. these batteries that you can then store the excess power. So if you overdraw your network, instead of the whole thing shutting down, which is what happened before, uh, it says mm. you're now on battery backup power. You have, you know, 15 hours or so, or 15 minutes or whatever it is, how it depends on how many batteries you have. And so I've set up a new power grid for that. I've learned how that works. I've um, kind of got a decent feeling for that level, that base level power in the game. Uh, they've added lights, which are really cool. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to mess with them, but I have, I have, you know, messed with one a little bit. They're just, they're hard to get. They, they're made out of quartz. So, and I don't have any yet in the playthrough, but I've been mm. really enjoying things like getting early access to things like smart splitters, which for those that don't know, a splitter does exactly what you think. It takes a conveyor belt and splits it in two or three. A smart splitter actually identifies the item that's coming in on the belt and then sends it in a specific direction. So a regular splitter, you can really only have one item on that belt and it's just going to send that item in, in, a, in a division in two different directions. Whereas a smart splitter, you can have as, as many as three items on that single belt and it'll just say, you know, rods go left, plates go forward, and um, I don't know, iron... Sh uh, steel sheets go to the, to the right like that you, you can program right. it to do whatever you want and so i've been able to set up a storage thing and like it's just i've learned a lot i feel and uh i won't go on too much because it's hard to kind of describe on a podcast but there are yeah. all the vods are available on the channel for anybody that's interested i feel like colin would probably really enjoy it there's a lot of number crunching there's a lot it's like i having... think colin has gone and played some of it anyway oh I really cool um he had like I think he's just fiddled with it. I don't know if he fully understood it. Now this was like when you had first mentioned Satisfactory to me, like last year or something. Oh, okay. Like, it, it it had been like it was very new at that time. Um. So he I think he he checked it out. Um. And I think he's still he's been kind of you know 
going through a life change of his own right now, um, just with work and everything. So he hasn't had a lot of time to play games or he's been kind of delving into more like nostalgic games like Oblivion. Right. Um, but um, I'll have to mention it to him again now that the update's out because he might he might enjoy it a little bit more. And if he hasn't invested any time, he could wait until experimental or the experimental rolls into early access on the 13th and look at it then. Right. Uh, and very yeah. often when that happens, you'll see it for sale for a little bit off of Steam or whatever. And actually, mm -hmm. that brings me to my last point that I wanted to mention. For anybody that does look at the game, decide they want to play it, you can watch hours and hours of it on, on my uh, Twitch channel. Uh, I also have a creator code now on the, um, the Epic Game Store. And so, oh, cool. yeah, so if you use the code Joel Duggan, imagine that hard to hard to forget that one. Um, then I get a small. <laughs> what was commission. it again? I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the code at checkout is Joel Duggan and uh, you'll get um, it's the same price. There's no there's no discount, but I get us a, a small commission um, uh, off of the profits for for helping, you know, promote the game and whatever, uh, which is a really cool program that Epic uh, offers. And I know people have yeah. uh, divisive feelings about Epic versus Steam and all that kind of stuff. But um, the reason why I, I went with Epic, well, one, um, the creator code, they, Steam doesn't have that. Uh, but also, um, Epic has two different versions of the game, the experimental and the early access, both of which you get to download for the one purchase. Uh, on okay. Steam, you have to change your install. And, and, oh, and so you have to decide if you want to be an experimental or if you want to be in early access. Uh, whereas with right. Epic, you get both and you just decide which one you launch. There's essentially two games on your computer. You just decide to roll with the one that has the latest updates or the one that's more stable that has like, you know, update 3.5 from October or whatever. And again, update four is rolling over into um, into. Uh, early access later this month and the uh, mm -hmm. the last thing i want to mention that i thought was really really cool uh about the the new patch notes is that they have uh, a zip line and a hover pack so you can kind of hover over your base anywhere you're near a, an electric power line and you can zip line along power lines as well which is fantastic That's fun. yeah it just makes getting around a lot easier um they have some really cool stuff in the higher tiers like um resource wells and uh, particle accelerators and some fancy new buildings and stuff um, but the real big change for the higher tier are drones you'll see this Ooh. a lot on their marketing thing so previously the most uh efficient way to move things around which still might be is um trains because you can fit a lot on trains they go pretty fast um but obviously they're on the ground where drones they don't have a big capacity but they'll fly anywhere they just basically go from drone pad to drone pad and right. they're they're not the fastest when it comes to landing loading and unloading but once they're up in the air and going wow talk about, i mean it's as the crows flies it's a straight line to the target right so that nice. kind of stuff is is really cool and i think that while this is mostly an end game update there's enough quality of life things in the early on things like copying and pasting your building settings from one to the next um, doing math in the buildings. Like if you need to say, in order for this to work, I needed this building to do 80%, not a hundred percent. I needed to not be as fast, only work at 80%. Mm. The math will be done live in the building interface. And so you can see, oh, when you do that, it goes from outputting, uh, 20 to outputting, you know, 18 or, or 16, you know, Right. items per per belt so you don't have to do it all in your head or on a calculator separately it, it's it's got some fun quality of life things too so i in That's my opinion nice. it's a good time to get into into the game yeah have you ever played any like production games or building games i know you do the sims but like have you ever done anything like a city builder or or anything like that no i was watching colin play a city builder one day um and he, he had a couple of them actually and there's one i think it's called I think it's called, uh, is it called Terraforming Mars? I think that's what it is. Um, it's basically where you have to terraform Mars. Um, and the the soundtrack is amazing. Um, the soundtrack is actually super, super good. But it's kind of like, you know, you have to build little domes for like homes and things. And you have to manage the, um, the health and happiness of your citizens and like, um, it's, it, you have to, you know, have little drones and have, you know, batteries and deal with windstorms and things that can knock out some, some necessary things. And so I've seen it, I've watched it. I don't think I've ever done one myself. Um, I'm looking, I would like to try one. Um, 
Um, but I just I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I was very interested in watching Colin play his um, and also the, the music of this one. I have to find out exactly what it's called, but I think it's called Terraforming Mars or... Um, there's a board game called Terraforming Mars, but I was assuming there's probably... I think I've seen it on Steam. I think you're right. I think it's called yeah. Terraforming Mars. The one that I has... see a lot is um, Foundations. Is, okay. Um, that's the one that I see. Foundations. Or Foundation. Sorry, no S. Um, it's the same idea. Okay. It's just that it's a medieval sort of situation where you have to... Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it like like you're making a tavern or something? Oh, you just start off with like a... You start off with like a woodcutting hut and a couple of people and then you have to build your town so more settlers arrive and then you assign lumberjacks and gardeners and farmers and right. stonemasons and all this kind of stuff and eventually you just build things up. I don't believe it's something where you then have to defend the town. It's just meant to be like a management game. Like you've got resources, right. you've got... Um, morale appeal uh trade like it's kind of like a, a a building and and civilization game kind of all meshed into one but not like starcraft where you have to then like defend your base against like zombies or something stupid like it just it's just really it's really cool i actually take quite a lot of inspiration from it um because i've watched a couple of people online that have played it um with the mm-hmm. medieval town that i'm building in in minecraft because it's obviously foundation being a, like a medieval style yeah Type, type game. yeah it's pretty cool um on netflix for me uh i'm gonna surprise everybody and say that i've watched and liked i won't say loved but i liked an anime series i watched it from start to finish i saw that and i like my mind was blown, blown I was like, right? what yeah uh still not per- like still have some major issues with it uh but for whatever reason most likely the the quality of the animation and the voice acting is what kind of kept me around and and the mm-hmm. the, the story was not the best but the world building was actually really cool and it's called Dota Dragon's Blood uh and it is based off of Dota 2 um the massive online game uh where people do like arena battles and and stuff like that is it's like um League of Legends and um Heroes of the Storm like that kind of a of a I think it's a 5v5 or 3v3 map. I can't remember. Um, I only ever played it once or twice back in the day. But um, the characters in the game have, have all this lore and stuff built up around them. And so they mm-hmm. took that lore. And from what I can understand, they've written uh, and executed an anime series around it. And it's one of the few anime series right now on on Netflix that I've seen, at least come up in my feed, that isn't CG. There's a couple of CG mm. elements, like the dragons are CG. Um, just because they'd be hell to try and draw and animate yeah. naturally, um, but it is uh, hand-drawn animation. So, and, and in a way, that's kind of stylized and limited. Like characters are walking across this long journey, and they're not animating it. They just kind of show a couple of still frames of like you know them walking up a hill, and then them walking across right. the top of a plane and whatever. So it has the, some sort of like you know traditional uh, Japanese filmmaking shots and, and things like that in it. Um, I really enjoyed um, the overall mythos behind it. They don't, uh, in one way, they don't beat you over the head with it. So the dialogue that the characters have don't give you the backstory. Right. And like, they don't say, oh, um, Selimene, that's the evil something, something. Like, they don't like give you it all in one speech. Uh, right Selimene from what I can tell was the main antagonist in the whole thing but um, she's a goddess but she's complex flawed and scary in a psychotic way like Hmm. the only thing she cares about is being loved it reminded me of um, oh what's that Neil Gaiman book American Gods Oh yes, right. Where you get, you've got the old gods are are dying or failing at life and downtrodden because yeah. no one believes them in them anymore. And so Selimene just wants belief. She cares very little for the well being of her worshippers. She just needs the worship. It's it's narcissistic, and yet she uh, she appears. You know, uh, visually she's uh, white, 
beaming light, like think Galadriel from Lord of the Rings, right? At first glance, right? right? She's got a Scottish right. accent, like everything about her feels very light and flowy and ethereal. And but then as she continues to talk and demand things of her of her followers, you're like, whoa, this is she's the bad guy. Like it is rough. Yeah. Uh and uh, and not the only one. Uh, there seems to be more than one villain in, in the series. So I'll give a spoiler warning here for anybody that does want to go watch it. But um, the the myth behind all of this is that Selimene uh, is a goddess of elves. Uh, the elves that worship her are part of, I believe it's a moon glade. And then there's other elves that no longer worship Sen- uh, Selimene. They worship someone else. I don't remember the name. I think it's just Mene, which is confusing at first. It's like Saruman and Sauron, right? Like, it's just, I don't know why they mm. did it. Um, right. But they have all Australian accents and they're more roguelike. So you think like there's a lot of classical kind of D&D kind of stuff. Like you've got the high elves right. with like the crazy blades and Lord knows how long they've been around. They seem to be immortal. They're all good with arrows. Surprise, surprise. You know, and then these other uh, other elves, I think they're called like the Enclave or the Downtrodden or something. And they're all like hand axes and hatchets. And they look like ninjas when you see them in their in their outfits and stuff like that. And they they don't attack in big formations. They attack from the shadows, you know, like so they're they're Mm -hmm. looked down upon as like, you know, honor and stuff like that. But they're really efficient and they're really bloody, Um, which leads me to mention this is not for kids. Wow. Like no. it is, is it is it really graphic? Violent. Uh I mean there's not wow. it's not it's not like um what was the Dracula one that I want? Castlevania. There's not there's not yeah. guts there's not guts being removed from people and strewn across, across the street. But when it's like Mortal Kombat. It's like when the blade goes across somebody, I'm assuming they cut every vein in the body because the amount of blood that comes out of them, it's like it's a tidal wave of anime gush you know um yeah there's also orgies there's no nudity but there is 100 a lot of very adult themes that i was not expecting Mm. um these elves that have left the the house uh the temple of selimene uh they the the way that they worship their other god is by they live in pods so instead of having one lover they have many and so you're introduced right. to this group of four or five elves, uh, men and women that are all intertwined lovers. Uh, and and that's how they worship their goddess. That's how they, you know, that's how they live. And so you have to pay attention when you're watching the show because they, they give you like a very simple premise off the start. And it's basically along the lines of like, before there was the universe, there was nothing. And then there were the six or eight of these elements and they became these things and they don't really get too much beyond that they're just they're the pillars of creation and then they just kind of go right right into the story it's like okay so that's the world i'm living in but i don't understand what these are and you're you're met with and you start to follow um i'm trying to find his name real quick um davian who is the dragon knight who i believe is uh, one of the main dota characters um okay and davian he he hunts and kills dragons, but what you come to understand very quickly is that what he's essentially um, hunting are like worms or dragonlings. They're not actual dragons. The okay. the name for the dragons it's not dragon. It's like prime or a prime worm or alpha worm. I can't remember what they call them, but essentially dragons as you and I would think of them. There's not very many of them. They're only like they're they're the big godlike creature uh, very similar to how dragons in world of warcraft can like transform and like they have all right. these godlike powers so dragons in, in in dota dragon's blood are more like gods than they are okay animals but okay. their offspring the drakes and the the air dragons and the earth dragons and the fire dragons and they all have different names you know like poison worm or whatever they are more like what you and i would think of when you watch like game of thrones or something and it's a, phys- right. it's a physical animal that needs to hunt and eat and track you down and you have no hope in hell like they are right it's funny because i like dragons they're cool but in this particular in this particular world like you you have to kill them or you're dead and so there's all this violence against dragons which in a fantasy genre they're usually more revered you know in a lot of ways or 
Yeah. Or fear to the point where like you just can't go up and kill one because there's like it's like Smaug in, in The Hobbit. Like you just that is a yeah. massive undertaking, right? In you, this, you, you leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, so in this, um, uh, uh, Davian is like one of the better dragon knights. And this is where I start to have a few complaints about the, the show is that he as a character has got some really cool aspects to him. Things that happen in the first few minutes, he has to fight one of these elder dragons. He dies in the process and the elder dragon possesses him. So there's all these depth um things that happen early on that you don't understand because she's like i don't know what just happened like i so in a way they don't they don't explain very much at all which is good but i feel like they could give you just a little bit more right but then you're dealing with this main character davian who later teams up with marana uh and a couple of other characters but he is also as well as being the big bravado and the fighter the comic relief and it doesn't work for me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. He's he's got a sense of humor like Sokka from Airbender. That feels like a really weird blend. It but like... is. Yeah. And he's built like a truck. Huh. Like he's huge. He's a massive right. warrior, right? And so it doesn't. He even has like a high voice. Like it, it doesn't really work that way for me. Um, hmm. I I like. There is some humor in the show I did enjoy. Uh, some of the more subtle adult conversation between him and Marana were good but when he starts like talking like he's nervous and doing like Sokka-esque stuff I'm just like no I it's it doesn't really work for me it takes you out yeah, yeah. um there are some design things I also I also thought were weird choices um the way that they've drawn the noses on the characters it it feels like a mistake in the shading department so I was I was looking at it yeah I'm um I'm looking at like a screenshot of it right now and it it does right like you would expect it that just, line it feels like, should that... have been like this is where the shadow goes yeah it's like they didn't fill in the shadow yeah and, and instead there's just a line around it so it just it feels like an odd design choice especially because it's throughout the whole show i mean like they didn't miss it like they've just that's a decision that they've made um yeah so that was tough to get past but the thing about it is that it has strong voice acting right you've got Laura Pulver, D. Bradley Baker, um, Troy Baker, Tony Todd. Like there's there's a lot of pretty decent um, or slash famous voice actors in this. And mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways too, with the exception of Tony Todd, because he's got such a distinct voice, um, it's hard to identify. If they didn't flash their names up on the screen, you wouldn't pin them. And right. that's what I like about it. It's, it's not a, oh yeah, this person, you know, doing the voice of whoever. Um, and it brings, especially Laura Pulver, she brings a depth to Marana, who is an excised princess trying to reclaim stolen lotuses from her temple. Uh, and she has all these complicated things that she has to navigate. And it's, it's really subtly done and in a way that doesn't Mm. beat you over the head. And so I think that's one of the main things that I, I took away from it and why I liked it is that. It doesn't smash you over the head. You don't. It doesn't treat you like an idiot. Uh, right. It's a complicated world that they give you bit by bit, uh, including a flashback in the final episode, which is again spoilers for people that that don't want to hear this. Uh, the relationship between the invoker or him, quote unquote, as they refer to him throughout the whole series, he is a sorcerer in the valley, uh, also an elf, but he's mm-hmm. ex. Um, not excommunicated. He's he's just left. He's closed himself off from society. And uh, it turns out okay. that he's lost a child. And it was a child that he had shared with Selimene. And, oh. and the, the, the child didn't love Selimene. And so you start to see the horror <laughs> and the family drama that ends up just wreaking havoc on all the mortals in the world because this daughter saw her mother for the evil bitch that she was refused to love her. And so Salamene let the child die, which of course creates this rift between her and her husband, partner whatever. And so they, the whole thing is this puppeteering 
mess trying to get revenge on Selimene. And so they do a really good job of making you despise the villains. There are some characters in this that do evil shit. And yet... Despicable things. Yeah. But when they die, you still feel not bad for them, but it, it, it looks... Um, I guess you do feel bad for them. It's like, you know, they deserve it, right? They are murderous, narcissistic assholes. But yeah. because this is not something that they're doing out of malice, it's who they are. And when things don't go their way and they meet an, an untimely end, they are so confused that you're like, you you pity them. I guess is the best way to say it, which to me is some good writing. Like that to me, it was like, okay, you, that was deep. I was not expecting because anime villains, you're like, it's like watching a star Wars movie. You're like, Oh, that's the bad guy. (laughs) Like you see it right away. Right. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to figure out who's who at that point. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the line from the Hobbit. Like I feel like a villain would, would feel fairer and, and um, what's the line? smell fowler i can't remember how exactly frodo says it but it's yeah. essentially like uh appear fairer and smell fowler or something like that because they thought aragorn would be you know a bad guy and right. and i feel like that's the case with a lot of anime is like look for the pretty dude that has a deep voice and you're like bad guy <laughs> like, bad guy you know like sorted that out but this it's and it's it is true in a way but the the, and again, and and the the depth to the female characters, which I thought was also a nice a nice thing, uh, wa- was that like again, some of the females are villains, some of the females are heroes. Some of the girls, or some of the one of the the women characters, does not speak at all, and is probably one of the funnier characters in the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Um, Interesting. I love that. Uh, it's not Fimrin. What's her name? Uh, it might be Luna. No, because she's going to speaking. I'm trying to. She's not going to be on IMDb, of course, because there's no speaking role. Um, right. She is Marana's handmaiden, and she's got a few tricks up her sleeve. Uh, but Marana will talk through her issues with her handmaiden, and her handmaiden never mm-hmm. says anything, but still communicates. Either like you're nuts, or hmm, that sucks. Like we should, you know, how can I help? Or I'm going to fall asleep because you're not, you're just wasting my time. Like there's just, yeah. there's moments like that where um, the simplicity of her reaction is, is just so good. Um, and her devotion to Marana as well, even silently is stronger than any words spoken throughout the whole mm. series. So anyway, I feel like I've been going on for a, a bit of a rant, but no, no, that's I'm, I'm happy you told me about it. Cause I, I had heard about it and was interested but wasn't sure if it'd be worth it and i'm sure if if you like it it must be amazing yeah i mean i think that's for me like i don't i wouldn't say it's amazing but i think that it's probably one of the better offerings that netflix has put forward in the last little while uh right i tried to watch dragon's dogma right afterwards because of course netflix said oh if you liked dragon's blood you might like this other thing i didn't get four minutes into dragon's dogma it was this horrible cg robotic looking like it was the same plot. And this is where, you know, Dragon's Blood is also not the most original. Like, uh, Davian doesn't like dragons because Dragon killed his family. Surprise. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> it's, yeah. Plot line you know, to every there's, other there's, anime out there, right? I feel like there's like cliches for a reason because they work, but I get you. It's like they're yeah. just, they're overdone and overused and come up with something original. Yeah. Or different or spin it in a different way, at least. If exactly. you want to like use the, the cliched thing, there's a different way you can go about it. So. Yeah. And, the, and the, I mean, the twist here is that Davian ends up being possessed by a dragon. So he becomes the monster mm. that he's been hunting his entire life, which is, you know, it's cool right. in that way. But his motivation to get through the first two episodes is still like, oh, gosh, roll your eyes. Really? You couldn't think of anything better. But again, it's yeah. based on Dota 2, which is a very old franchise. And so they don't want to deviate too far because like they have a existing ip that they want to pay homage to and i have to say that for someone that knows very little about dota only its existence in pop culture uh i feel like anybody that's a fan of that series is probably going to be picking up on all kinds of like easter eggs and like characters that you get that you've played before that you might get to see them younger or older or whatever that happens to be 
um, there's definitely a couple of characters in this that, um, and a couple of moments during the series where you're just like, okay, now it's time for the anime fight, you know? <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just nonstop yes. action for 15 minutes, which is, uh, and again, really well animated. Like there's some st- spots where like the camera is doing like a 360 move around two people in a hand-to-hand combat. And you're like, oh my really, God. Really like, good choreography. Somebody lost their month animating this one scene. Like it just, yeah. and hand-drawn, you know, like really cool. The only thing that are, the only thing that are um, CG are things like, big environments like a complicated wizard tower uh, when it has to move uh, and mm-hmm. um, the dragons because there's just so much detail and scale and and things that have to happen and honestly it's it's cell shaded like um, the dragon prince is and you wouldn't realize the dragons are CG until they start to talk and huh yeah because they don't they don't do anything um, to manipulate their mouths it's it's basically like a beak and so the beak just right. is very stiff from from the jaw to the chin and i right. i get that like if it was a if it was a tyrannosaurus rex it's not like the tyrannosaurus rex is going to like be able to form words with his lips or something right but but it just right. feels very like sock puppet you know it just mm. it just feels very strange yes um so yeah it again some really neat imaginative stuff um all the world about the elves and other factions in the world and the dragons and the pillars of, of eternity, like they are pillars of creation. It has a infinity stones vibe, but it's still pretty original. It's only that the really it's the humans. It's the backstory of a couple of humans and a couple of anime tropes that make you kind of go, Oh, okay, well they could have gone farther in depth there, but apparently they just didn't bother because Everything else is, right. is really interesting. So uh, I was thinking about you the whole time I was watching it because of what you've told me about some of the, <laughs> well, the IP that you've been working on, you know, personally yeah. in terms of like, you know, gods and goddesses and female protagonists. And like, it just, it has a lot of those tones that I think you'd really like. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to give it a watch. It seems, it seems really good. Um, I've heard good things about it. Um, and then if it, again, if it's coming from, from your recommendation, then it must be, there must be something special about it because I know that you know it's got to have something good to get the joel stamp of approval that's like that's like the highest award <laughs> especially in anime like i imagine yes. brock is yeah, probably exactly. jumping up and down right now going like finally <laughs> finally there's there's something we found a thing for him yeah. finally yeah, yeah, yeah. um i haven't really been watching very much mostly due to time but i recently started getting caught up on star trek picard again and um, I, I kind of had to backtrack a little bit because I didn't really remember where I was. Have you watched any Picard? Oh, yeah. I finished the whole season. Yeah? You mm-hmm. finished the whole thing? Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm back. Uh, we've just seen Commander Riker and, oh, what's her name? Um, oh, I don't They're remember a married the couple. They went to. Oh, uh, um, Troy. Deanna Troy. Yes. Yes. Deanna Troy. Um, and, uh, and their daughter, uh, Kestra and um, Soji has just figured out that she's um, an android. Um, that was a fun uh, episode. Yeah, that was a good episode. Um, and it's kind of now they're just on a ship and um, uh, Aggie has um, agreed to um, set like p- turn herself in for the murder of Bruce Maddox and... Um, uh, seven of nine activated the Borg cube and um yeah it was it's been it's been really interesting to watch so far i'm definitely excited to delve back into it again because um i forgot how how formative that series was to me like my all of my memories of star trek immediately i would come home from school and my mom would be folding laundry and watching star trek and so like i'm very familiar with picard and data and um, seven of nine like the, that was kind of like my favorite star trek series right so you're form- so formative nice meaning to... the next generation yes yeah. yeah yeah in the sense that like that's the one i'm the most familiar with and it's the one i have Same. the most memory of yeah me too um and um so i'm i'm really happy to kind of see older people um when i got caught up with it uh alistair had actually come over to hang out for a little bit so we had a nice uh, social distanced uh, impromptu dinner hangout oh, nice. at my place, and um, um, so he's been he's been like catching me up, and he's kind of been my um, uh, my encyclopedia 
for for watching it because otherwise I have no idea what's going on. Um, I don't know who's who. I like I like I don't quite I don't quite have the depth of lore that he does. Um, so that's been really nice for him to catch me up. And uh, um, there's a few things that came up uh, in a previous um, episode that I was like, what is this? But it's been really great. I'm really happy to kind of be able to sit down and actually watch something again. And um, I'm taking the time that I have right now, even though I'm still I'm back at work for the next, you know, two weeks. Um, I'm uh, taking my downtime to like watch things and also clean my house a little bit before I start work. Um, so it's been a nice thing to like just throw an episode on, episode or two on, and then clean for the rest of the day. So it's been nice. Nice. I t- I'm in that problem too. I've got a spare room full of stuff that really needs to get sorted yeah. out. And I've had all COVID winter to do it. And I, ju- yeah. I just didn't. But now that I'm faced with spring, I'm not sure what it is about spring cleaning and opening up the windows and stuff. But like I just, I really need to move some junk. Um, and by yeah. move, I mean like, See, I was, you know, take, take to like recycling depot and like yes. properly dispose of certain things and Definitely. flatten boxes yeah. and like all that kind of crap. The other thing on my small screen, which I will mention briefly, um, because I'll be talking about it in more detail with, uh, Steven on the next episode is Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney plus, mm-hmm. obviously the new, um, Marvel series with those two characters. And I will simply say that I am very much enjoying it. Uh, I was worried from the trailers it was going to be lethal weapon with superheroes, you know, uh, buddy cop stuff. And yeah, as per the norm, uh, it is much uh, heavier and better tied into the MCU than I was anticipating. And I don't know why. I think I just have my my head on funny for TV content, like for serial content. I, I feel like you just have a bar set at a certain level. And then you have to remember that it's Disney and Marvel and the same people producing mm. it. Like Kevin Feige is producing it in the same you know vein as they produce the films. So there's a lot, a lot of film tie-ins and moments and stuff um, to it. So again, I won't go into detail here, but I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. If you have Disney Plus, you absolutely have to watch it. And I will say it is a much faster paced show than WandaVision. You will be hooked in the first episode. Like it's just, it's a much, much more... Um, What's what I'm looking for? It's more of a engaging. sprint. Yeah, it's more engaging. It's more of a sprint than than a. Mm. Wanda Vision was worth it. Don't get me wrong. Still a great series, but that starts off at a crawl, then it walks, then it runs. You know, whereas this is just kind of like jumping out of a plane, <laughs> like for, yeah. literally. One of the fun <laughs> things I learned about Wanda Vision, though, the first episode was actually filmed in front of a live studio audience. Was it really? And they. It was, yeah. And they they got all the people who were watching it to dress up like as if they were in the 50s. All of the crew were dressed like they were in the 50s. So like all the men were operating equipment were all in suits and everything. And they had actually reached out to Dick Van Dyke. I saw like this little documentary on YouTube. It was like 12 minutes long. Um, but they reached out to Dick Van Dyke because he, you know, did a yeah. lot of things in front of live studio audiences in the 50s. And they were like, how, how did this work? And he actually just gave him a lowdown of like how the vibe was every single time he was on set um and that's they pulled out all of it for um for the first episode of wandavision which i thought was kind of cool and really a really nice nod to like accuracy Mm -hmm. um which is what i i think i really liked about wandavision it was very um it definitely like committed to the to the aesthetic for sure Mm -hmm. and you know to see kind of what they were going to do with each era after each episode was very fun um but uh, but I, I get you. Like, I know it's definitely more of a slog. It's a slow buildup. Whereas I watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, I won't go too much into it. And I um, I really liked it. There were some some good things. I'm not sure if, like, they're, they're not my favorite characters in the MCU. I definitely mm. found uh, Wanda and Vision a little bit more compelling as characters. Um, but I'm I'm once more of it comes out, I think I might try and just um, watch it all in one go and and see. um see how i feel about it from there i think the bucky barnes fandom is going to explode oh yeah, yeah no no I they're think, gonna love it yeah i think that's where you're gonna see a big yeah. i mean not nothing against um you know the falcon and and you know, it's a, also a great character but i just mm-hmm. so far and this could swing the other way because it is it is the falcon and the winter soldier but so far it's a little yeah. bit more winter soldier focused as far as character development but i think that's because sam is really closed off at present given 
the, right. the events in the show. And I think they just need to give him time, pardon the terrible pun, to spread his wings. Uh, and, <laughs> and then you'll eventually see, you'll see, you'll see more from, from him from a character development standpoint. Uh, my buddy Chad uh, was saying that he's enjoying it, but he's terrified of the inevitable slowdown. You know, like I don't remember how many episodes we're looking at, probably between eight and 10 and mm-hmm. episodes five through six or five through seven are generally the let's put the brakes on and do some character development and it's usually boring and i get the feeling it might be coming um so i hope they don't go that route like i hope they still have an action-packed show every week and then they filter in the character development as they can um but we'll see yeah we'll, we'll have to see um to, again not one of those shows where you have to tell people you have to watch the first three to get it like no no, no. you'll you'll get it in the first three minutes really Moving on into the Internet Minute, which is, of course, brought to you by you. The Sizzle Cafe is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Sizzle Cafe. You'll get access to the member-only Discord, access to some behind-the-scenes audio content here and there, uh, bonus episodes. I'm also looking at expanding some of the rewards over on Patreon as well. So visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at Joel Duggan and I will be happy to answer them. Right now we are at 22 patrons, which is up from the last episode at 21. So welcome to the new folks. Uh, our goal each month is to have at least one more person than the month before. So if you enjoy the show and you want to join the Discord, you want to support the podcast, then check it out. You could be 23 patreon.com slash the Citadel cafe my pick this week is back in the legoville we have lego set number 10283 nasa shuttle discovery this thing is ridiculously cool if you're a space nerd yeah then you want this uh you you really you were probably already there before i brought it to the show um price tag is a little steep it's 270 canadian uh, mm-hmm. but it is 2300 pieces you get the uh mm. shuttle discovery you get the uh satellite that goes with it i'm trying to remember the name of the satellite uh sorry it's the hubble space telescope my bad um so you get two builds for for the for the one price and everything in it uh unfolds the uh discovery opens up the space arm goes out uh the all kinds of really cool stuff happen you can take out like a little pod uh i the, I had a model of, it must have been, I don't think it was Discovery. It might have been another ship when I was a kid. But I had a, a model, like a plastic model I had to glue together that was a, a space shuttle when I was a kid. And this reminds me of it because that model also yeah. had the back open up and had all the different things. Um, I I just really feel like there's a lot of time and effort and design and just the scientific stuff behind this particular does like this particular build is just really really well done and it looks like a lot of attention to detail yeah like i well because you're you're engineers and space nerds like you're gonna you have to impress them it's it's you do similar but different to like the people that are buying the star wars spaceships like it's a fantasy spaceship so you can sort of just make it look like the one that you see on screen and you don't really have to worry too much about it um yeah but this one i think is is just really cool and it's not the first they've got the lunar lander there's the international space station uh they did a rocket a while ago too and i like i i'm just really happy to see lego doing science stuff too not just Mm -hmm. fantasy toys like these are more models you know more educational yeah um but yeah i it's very very cool wouldn't would not think twice about putting this on my shelf in my living room sort of idea uh, and, yeah. uh, and one of those builds that really has a nice balance between the visible studs and the smooth pieces to make it look a little bit more aerodynamic and not built like a, yeah. built like a six year old, you know, um, they really yes. did balance that out very well. Yeah. It looks like a really, really great piece. I'm just looking at it right now and it's like all the images are, are very, yeah, no, it looks really good. I can, I like it. Yeah, I I can think of a number of people who would be very invested in this. <laughs> yeah. Do you have yeah. you when's the last time you built a Lego set? Oh god. Um it probably would have been I wanna say five or six years ago. Um so my little cut so my cousins were over for Christmas and uh one of them got like 
a Harry Potter Lego set, like Hagrid's hut. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he wanted help building Hagrid's hut. So I helped him. And I was actually a lot more invested in it than I thought I was. Everyone's like, man, we should have gotten Megan Lego for Christmas. Yep. And I was just like, maybe we should have. Um, but uh, but he just wanted to to put it together because um, he just like he was, you know, old enough to know, like, this is not always play stuff. But, um, you know, wanted also wanted to help building it because he wanted to make sure it was done right. And um, so it was but it was it was fun. It was fun to put together. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Megan and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com. Find the show by name on Twitter and find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, as well as YouTube or basically anywhere that you can find a podcast. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. It's free. Just tell someone about the Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio in my online shop at joelduggan.com. Check out my other podcast all about Minecraft at thespawnshunks.com. Brand new snapshot to talk about this week, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You can also follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I am currently playing Minecraft very often and satisfactory as well. I hope you will come by. It is a good time. Megan, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at Omegan Townsend. Um, I will be doing a little bit of a hiatus uh, just while I'm at work, um, but I'm planning some more uh, YouTube content for the future just in the meantime, and we'll figure out a schedule for streaming uh, in the midst of my crazy work schedule, but um, Twitter is usually the best place to go to find out all the new information that I'm up to. You've been listening to the Sizzle Cafe, where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. Wait, 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 wait.